this is Jonas on this week's episode of the Bonsai Wire podcast. Eric Schrader and I talk about our upcoming plans for the Pacific Bonsai Expo. We've set the dates for November 12th and 13th of 2022. And in this conversation, we talk a little bit about our idea for the event and a little bit of information about putting together submissions and lining up trees for the exhibit. And toward the end of the conversation, Eric and I talk about a pine that Eric has grown from seed. If you'd like to see this tree, check out a version of this conversation published on the Bonsify YouTube channel. In the meantime, enjoy the conversation. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, today I'm here with Jonas Dupuy of Bonsai Tonight, and we're going to talk about the uh, show that we have about a year from this week at the Bridge Yard in Oakland, California. Eric and I have been talking about putting on a show for somewhere between five and ten years we've been thinking about this, and we have set the date. And we're looking at November 12th and 13th of 2022, and the event will be at the uh, Bridge Yard, which is in Oakland, California, right in the, on the water, actually, in the middle of the SF Bay. Yeah, and if you haven't seen it, uh, because you don't live in the Bay Area, or you haven't driven by and actually realized what the uh, the building looks like, We'll, uh, we'll give you guys a little bit of a tour, but um, it's a beautiful space, kind of it has one of my favorite things, which is sort of a little bit of an industrial feel to it because it was the maintenance building for the trains that used to run across the lower level of the Bay Bridge. Yeah, the building's about 100 years old, I think, and it's a registered historical landmark, uh, floor-to-ceiling glass, cement floors, long, narrow building, and right on the water. So really cool location that we're really excited about. Yeah, so I think some of the things that we have to just kind of get out there about this show are the the process of jury. It's a juried show, so when you submit... You're going to submit a tree and in, we're going to talk about the jurying process and then we're going to talk a little bit about the process of judging and then what our vision for the show is and how we you know, are going to try to kind of bring that to fruition over the course of the next 12 months. We're also going to give you just a basic idea of what the event looks like. It's a fairly pared down event, but we want to give you an idea of kind of what to expect at the event and the different um things we have planned for once uh, things kick off. All right, so do you want to start with the jury process? Or just tell them how big the event is and kind of the overall of what the show is. We could even do that. Start absolute square one, which is we're looking to have a very simple event that has roughly 60 to 70 displays. And those are going to be roughly six-foot displays. And people can do all kinds of things with their display areas. The traditional or um, conventional approaches would be one large tree within that space, two medium trees, or some larger number of shohin bonsai within that six-foot space. And so when people apply to have a tree or submit a tree for the exhibition, it'll be looking to fill that six-foot spot with you know one or more trees in that spot. Yeah. And in addition to that, I think we're going to have some spots that we reserve for non-traditional displays. Uh, if you've seen some of the things that I've done in the past, I have a, an inkling to do things that don't sit uh, on tables or don't involve little tables sitting on top of bigger tables, uh, which I, when I, you know, as a thought process, like started thinking about that, it sort of made me think that, wow, what are we doing here? Um, so anyway, if you 
if you want to do a non-traditional display, we are looking for those types of submissions. And the only difference between the non-traditional displays and traditional displays is really that you're going to be working with us as the, the promoters, as the exhibit organizers to make sure that it fits into the space uh, and doesn't detract from the traditional displays. And we do expect that the majority of the displays will be traditional the vast majority, I'm guessing. So out of, I would say, if we have 70 displays, I'm guessing something like 65 of them are going to be pretty traditional. <laughs> exactly. And we also expect a number of displays that might be slightly untraditional. So it may be sitting on a, the tabletop in the normal uh, show type exhibit arrangement that we're all used to, but it may not involve the small tables on top of the bigger tables. It might be something that fits within that normal, you know, two and a half by six foot space. Yeah. So I... <clears throat> the you know the vision for the exhibit is really to have a high level show that brings together everyone uh if you are in the united states or can get your plant into the united states <laughs> california specifically california specifically <laughs> uh then then we want you to submit your tree and or trees and as many trees as you can submit and so but once all the trees are submitted they go to the jury the jury is made up of three very esteemed bonsai professionals, and they are going to be the ones that decide which trees get into this exhibit. Uh, Jonas and I have nothing to do with it. None of our, you know, I might not have a tree in the show. We're both kind of concerned about that right now. <laughs> and that's kind of part of the reason we're doing things the way we're doing it is we want to test the model. We want to find out, can we be happy with the results if we let go of the control over which trees are shown? And we think this is a good way to do that because we have given our trust to people who we really respect. And the jurors in this case are Bjorn Bjorholm, Bill Valvanis, and Ryan Neal, three very prominent people. And so uh, between having run the Artisans Cup, running the U.S. National Bonsai Exposition, and having work professionally all around the world, we have some pretty awesome experience in these three jurors. Yeah, so our instructions to the jurors uh, are really, we spent, a, we spent a lot of time talking about what do we want the jury to do? Uh, and we don't, so we don't just want a show that has all big trees. We don't just want a show that has all conifers. We want a really diverse show. And so the instructions to the jury really reflect that their job is to make the best and most diverse show that they can out of the submissions that we receive uh, for them to review. And that's where we're going to be thinking hard about what kind of guidance we want to give them because we want these experienced bonsai professionals to have as much leeway as possible to build an exhibit that reflects their values from among the submitted trees. The more diverse the selection of submitted trees, the more freedom our jurors will have to really identify the trees they most want to show off within those rough instructions that we provide. And some of those instructions will include things like we want to see trees that reflect time-based techniques. In other words, if a tree is collected from a garden or dug up off the side of the mountain six months earlier, it may not be a strong candidate for the exhibit. That same tree after five years of training might be a fantastic candidate. The same tree with 20 years of training, if well done, could also be a fantastic candidate. Yeah, and we've started reaching out to people uh, 
personally, and we're going to be reaching out to a lot of people all across the U.S. and uh, asking them to submit trees to the jurying process. And in some of these conversations that I've already had with people, a lot of different kind of concerns have come up. And so we're going to address a couple of those. I would just start with, I don't know if my tree is good enough and for blank, blank reason. And what I have been saying to people is, listen, the we can't have a great and diverse show if we don't get a great number and diversity of submissions. So I just want to emphasize to people that don't assume that your tree won't, you know, make it past the jury and won't enter, won't be entered into the show just because it is X species or just because it is, you know, only 12 inches tall or, you know, whatever reason you have in your mind, just sort of set that aside, concentrate on, on really getting the tree ready and, uh, and submit as many trees as you can, because that's what's going to make this show really good. Yeah, and now's the right time to look at your gardens and start thinking about what kind of trees in your collection show well right now. Um, as we are recording this, we're almost precisely 12 months away from the exhibit. And so by looking in your garden today, you can have a really good idea of what shape your trees will be in when it comes time for the exhibit. And just as we're trying to pick trees from our collection that's putting our best foot forward, what do we think represents what we want to see in this show? That's what we want to be submitting. And really, we were just hoping it'll be the same for everyone submitting. What trees bring them extra joy? What trees are get the most attention and love and care? Those are the ones that we expect to see uh, submitted for the exhibit. Yeah. And so the submission process is basically just to take some photos of your tree and email them to us. I mean, I, we, we don't have like a formal submission mailbox, but there is a, an email address that we're using for uh, communi- official communication regarding the show and all different kinds of aspects of the show. But we want you to just shoot some photos of your tree. It doesn't need to be the full display at this point. You know, once the tree is accepted into the exhibit, we feel like the rest of the display can be sort of worked in around that. And we have a year to address that. But what from our perspective, what we're thinking about here is that this is a fall show. It's going to be happening in the middle of November of next year. What that means to me as a bonsai artist is that I need to be thinking now about what pots I need, about the type of work that I'm doing to the branching, about the, you know, the, the sort of rewinding and thinking, what are all the steps that I'm going to have to take to get this tree to the show in perfect condition at that time? Because if your tree looks perfect right now, you need to think, what do I need to do to this tree to make sure that it looks perfect 12 months from now, because it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. I mean, the photo will help get it into the it, past the jury, but I think my point is that if it's really overgrown a year from now, that's not going to look as good for, for the exhibit. So you need to be thinking about all those steps that you're going to take in order to prepare the tree for the exhibit. Yeah, and if there is a radical change between when a tree is accepted and what it looks like as it shows up for the event, we will reserve the right to decide whether or not a tree can be accepted for exhibition at that last moment. And so whether it's the two of us or an appointed committee, we will have people checking the trees much closer to the event to make sure that it's looking the way you want it to look or, or the way we expect it to look going into that. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And so Eric had mentioned that it's a fall show, and one of the first things that comes up is what to do with our deciduous trees. And we very consciously chose this weekend because fall color in the San Francisco Bay Area is iffy at best. Some years we just get none. Some years it can be decent. And usually it's not that decent, but we know that trees are coming in from other areas and we know that some go into color sooner than others. If you have a deciduous tree, we will accept it in full leaf, in fall color, or completely out of leaf, you know, in a winter silhouette. Any of those will be fine for the day of the exhibit as long as the tree looks healthy and full and kind of conveys what you want. The submission process however we will want to see the tree without the leaves because that'll give us the best idea of what's going on under the hood what the actual structure of the tree is and in case it is shown out of leaf we'll be able to or at least the jurors will be able to determine um or to apply whatever criteria is important to them based on the structure yeah and i had uh, i was talking to a friend about this when i was on one of those calls about uh sort of getting more submissions or getting submissions rolling, I guess I should say. Um, And what he said to me was basically, you know, one of the best tricks for submitting a tree that maybe, you know, you're like, you've, so you're planning it this year and the fall foliage looks fantastic. You're like, you know what, this tree is going to get in and you, you shoot a picture of the tree in full color, which would be fantastic. And then you, you know, you wait a couple of weeks and shoot another photo of the tree in twig, uh, no, no leaves whatsoever. But then, you know, you're, you're getting into next summer and something happens and some of the leaves get burned. So don't give up on the tree. One of the best tricks for, for deciduous trees, I think for this timeline is you can literally pick off all the bad leaves and leave all the good ones. And because you want to have on a full deciduous tree, you're going to want to have some visibility into that structure anyway. So don't count yourself out and, and use all the tricks that you can think of, uh, to make your, your tree just look as good as it possibly can for the for the actual show yeah and we're also going to be writing all of this down so you don't need to remember all of this you know we'll be either linking to the submission instructions or you'll find it at pacificbonsaiexpo.com we'll have all of these um, suggestions and uh, requirements on the website we also will be opening the submission period i believe it's roughly february through may of 2022 so no big rush yet we're giving you a little bit of time to think about container choice and which trees you have now's really the time to be doing the thinking because we have you know the best opportunity to see our trees if they haven't gone into winter storage yet the reason we extended the period um, uh, through spring is that for the people who do have trees in winter storage now they'll be able to get access to those trees and get pictures of them at the end of the season and that's fine as well yeah so what kind of other problems do you think people are going to come up with that is going to prevent them from submitting their trees Uh, some are technical things related to photography. And so in general, if you can get your tree in front of a clean background, this can be a wall inside the house. It can be a fence. Um, what works best is when the tree's not in the direct sunlight. So any kind of indirect light or just indoor light and a clean background, we don't really care whether it's light or dark, but we do want it to be clean. If there are other trees in the background, even if you turn on portrait mode on your phone, it's a lot harder to see. And so... What we want is a cell phone is completely acceptable for shooting the photos. We don't need anything fancy. We just want to be able to see the pot, you know, the container, whatever it happens to be, and the tree and just a little space around it. 
that and then dimensions and we'll have specific instructions about uh, providing dimensions um, you may want to give us shots from another side you may want to put together a display if you know you've got two or more trees together feel free to give us a display shot as well in general the way the medium trees are adjudicated is there will be a primary tree and a secondary tree and we'll want to see a good close-up shot of the primary tree and if you want to additionally have the second tree that's totally fine if that's up for grabs at this point we can just make sure that gets covered between now and the exhibit yeah that's a really good point i mean in a three-point display where you have a medium-sized tree and a smaller tree typically the medium-sized tree is the is the anchor for that display and so we would be more interested in the main tree and if the if the secondary tree needs to be swapped out which uh jonas actually just yeah. took my little juniper to the national show uh, along with his medium-sized hornbeam and he could have had any of a half a dozen different trees in that display with the hornbeam so the hornbeam is really the anchor of that display and and the juniper that uh that i contributed is sort of functions as an accent in a way yeah exactly yeah. um some other characteristics we're looking for in terms of what to show what like what comes to mind? What are you excited about seeing at the exhibit? What are we encouraging people to submit? Well, I think one really big question in a lot of people's minds probably has to do with native trees versus uh, Asian trees. And, you know, it's not the focus of my thought process. Um, I love working with native trees and I love working with Japanese and Chinese trees and trees i'm working with some tropicals now um it's all good fun i think don't think about you know so the diversity of the show is dependent on receiving submissions of all different types and that might be a rocky mountain juniper that might be a japanese black pine it might be a japanese snowbell i don't know but you know the more trees that we get the better and so don't feel like oh i only have you know native oaks or i only have you know Japanese black pines. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> These are just the things that are popping into my head, but you know, the diversity comes from the number of people that are submitting and, and, and seeing into those different collections. And so, I mean, back to your question, I think what I'm really looking forward to seeing is, is all of those different kind of like personalities that come through. I mean, when you, when you've been doing bonsai, as long as we have, you start to kind of see like the work that's gone into a tree and you start to get this feeling like, wow, that that's really interesting. That's like that person did this same technique for 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And that is not the technique that I would have used, but look at the result. That's amazing. And that's what gets me excited too, is seeing things that I haven't seen before, seeing whether it's a different style or a different species. And we both grow a combination of native and, native and exotic trees. Um, and native's only so meaningful. I mean, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area. To call a Rocky Mountain juniper a native is comical because it's not like they grow around here. <laughs> and that's true for so many of the species. Is you know, it, it, it's, it's not a super meaningful distinction. It reflects political boundaries more than anything. What we want to see are trees that are well-crafted. And that's going to be in our instruction to the jurors. We're going to say, do not let a bias for or against native or exotic trees come into play. That's just, we're not going to have space for that kind of distinction. What we are going to say is try to represent the greatest quality of approaches as possible, of species as possible within the quality band that, you know, you set for yourself. And that's what the jurors will 
where the jurors will bring their own levels of expertise for that kind of thing. Because they probably have their own feelings of what excites them about shows, and that's what they want to see. Um, And one clarification, the jurors will be doing this totally by photo. The jurors will not necessarily be at our exhibit. They're more than welcome to attend, but the jurying process will be totally by photo. And so the better those photos are, the more clear they are. That's what's going to give them the best view to um, what the show is going to look like. Yeah, so we're going to be collating all those photos. Obviously, we're going to be seeing who they come from and getting them all organized. But I believe we had decided that we're not actually going to be informing the jurors of whose trees they are. So as you can imagine, uh, being a bonsai professional, you've probably seen a lot of trees. And so the jurors may recognize those trees uh, as trees that they've worked on or trees that they've seen in other exhibits. Um, But we are not going to be putting your name as a submitter in front of the jury along with the tree. So the, the tree is really what we're after. And then once the trees are, are accepted by the jurors, that's the point at which you as an exhibitor will become involved in the exhibit. That's exactly right. It's an anonymous process. And so it's free to submit. It's the cost of taking a picture and sending an email. And the uh, jurors will be anonymously determining which trees get in. We should also point out that the jurors will not be the ones determining who the prize winners are. That's actually a completely separate process, which will actually take place at the event itself. Um, And that's why we're focused on the submission process now, because that involves getting the trees ready, putting together a photograph, and having an understanding about the criteria that the jurors are going to use to make their decisions. Yeah, I don't if you guys are thinking that we've got this whole rubric worked out, you're dead wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, like we're going to figure it out and we're going to, but you know, the, the, the member, the people who are, have a tree accepted into the exhibit will be the people who determine the official prizes. And there's still a lot of work for us to do on, on the, on the prize front yeah. and on the judging front. But that doesn't have to happen 12 months in advance of the show. So it's not That's something right. that we're, we're addressing at this point in detail anyway. Yeah. And so we'll be doing it. We'll probably be sitting down and doing a session very similar to this down the road when we have more news to report on those topics. I'm trying to think of some of the other objections that had come up. And one of them that I was actually surprised about, uh, I had someone mention to me that they wouldn't want their name attached to the tree if it was accepted to the exhibit. Um, so I, I think if you, if you're concerned about submitting the trees because you don't want your name out there for fear of, you know, theft or some other issue, um, I think that's certainly a point of discussion. And I think that, you know, beyond the, we have to, as the exhibit organizers sort of adjudicate what's fair to everybody and make sure that there's nothing that, that happens that, that could, you know, be problematic. So, you know, your freedom to do something can't impinge on somebody else's freedom. That's the principle obviously. But, uh, in that particular case, I, I couldn't think of a reason why we would have to have your name attached to the tree for the general public. That's going to be attending. Right. The default, uh, credit we were planning to provide for people is a name and if they would like a club affiliation 
in case someone wants to promote that. Or maybe it's a group decision. Maybe it's a club display where multiple members got together and contributed multiple trees if they're smaller trees, for instance. And so that's all we're planning on sharing. And if, again, there's concerns with that, we can address that. Just let us know along the way. Now, that, that brings up a great point, which is that we had discussed uh, having clubs kind of sponsor submissions. And, you know, Jonas and I both studied with Boone for many years. And when he was putting together his exhibit, there were kind of two different things going on. One was that you would have an individual member who would put together an entire display. And the other was that you would have members collaborating on a display. So if you have a medium sized tree, just like the example that I was using earlier of, of your hornbeam, and you don't have a small tree to go with it, I would really encourage you to, to look at those people that are around you and look for the best, uh, for the best display. We actually had a bunch of trees all physically together here in the yard and basically just sort of swapped them out and practiced making displays until we arrived at the best combinations. And that's how we used to put together our show. And so that's as we grew up learning about how to put together displays, it was always a fairly collaborative thing. We were each learning and honing our ability to assemble tree, pot, stand, second tree, accent, and then arrange them all. But we always did it knowing that, oh, well, you know what? If we put that tree with that display and that stand with that display, then things could really shine. And it ended up helping us produce a much higher quality exhibit. Now we're going to differ from that a little bit because we want everyone to be completely responsible for their own display. So whatever team you assemble for your six foot display, we are going to assign a table number and that's just where that display is going to go. And we're not going to have our hands on that. You'll be responsible for getting the trees there, setting it up. You will get to kind of own the final presentation of your displays. Yeah, which is a great point because we're not planning on handling the trees at all. That's right. We don't have the, we don't have enough arms for that. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be volunteers involved in, in helping people. So if you are not capable of handling the tree by yourself uh, and, it, and you can't get that help from someone in your club or, you know, locally to you, then do let us know. Don't let that be a barrier to, right. to entry either. But we want to, we want to give people, you know, these are your trees and, we are not going to be uh, taking ownership of them in any way. You are bringing them yeah. to the exhibit for the benefit of the public and for the benefit of all the other exhibitors and guests and for our benefit because we're really excited to see them. Yeah. Um, our responsibility will be for watering the plants that are on display. That's the one part that we'll have to manage. I don't know that we want 50 people watering, walking around with watering cans at the exhibit, but you can let us know if you have any special <laughs> requirements on that end too and we can figure that out. I was going to say right on. So the other side of that coin is one of the things that makes me so excited about the show is the Bay Area, unlike a lot of other regions in the country, has many small bonsai clubs, some bigger than others. And we in over the course of a year, we can go to 10 or 15 different exhibits all over the Bay Area. But what we've never had is this scope of a show really focused on, let's see the best trees from all of these organizations. Let's bring together the entire bonsai community. And we've had events that have, you know, hit it aspects of that. But what we really want to do is just have an event, you know, a big bonsai party for the whole community and just see, hey, look, this is what we can do. 
yeah, I, I'm really excited. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> In terms of logistics, we have a lot of time, and you're going to keep hearing us say that until we don't have a lot of time. We're down to one year now, but we did remember to check in 12 months out, and that's where we are. We do have the room reserved, and so we are moving ahead with the venue, and they're excited to be working with us, and so we're really happy about that. And we'll be having more information throughout the year as these various deadlines come up or opportunities open up. Now, some questions that I might as well touch briefly on things that really aren't related. A lot of you have wanted to vend at that. I'd say go to the website. We'll have current instructions if you're a vendor and want to participate. If you want to volunteer, thank you. We need many, many volunteers and we don't yet know what that's going to look like or even how to coordinate that yet. We will be making probably more announcements just like this down the road when we have better instructions. But again, the website's going to be the best spot to learn about that. Yeah, and the website has a contact form on it that allows you to get in touch with us specifically about the show. Uh, many of you probably already know how to get in touch with us, but but that kind of puts everything into one place for us to, to keep it separate from our respective businesses. <laughs> Exactly. And that brings probably when I think of the last aspect of the website, that would be financial support. If anyone wants to help or contribute in any non, you know, in person kind, let us know and we can talk about different opportunities, whether for some kind of a sponsorship or just general support. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have about that. Did we cover everything? Definitely not everything, but I think we covered <laughs> enough to do the basics. If you have any questions for us based on the submission process, we do have a couple months before submissions open up. So whether you're listening to this or watching this or reading about it, leave questions wherever you're interacting with this, and then we can start to um, respond to any questions and see where we go from there. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. We're going in a couple of days. We're going to go down and uh, actually see what the light in the room looks like on the same day as the exhibit, because we figured, you know, I mean, the the angle of the sun changes, so we can't just go there any day of the year and and see what the right. light's actually going to look like. So this, I think, will uh, allow us to. Now's our chance. Yeah, we're going to get into like sort of a more informed uh, decision making process about how the backdrops go up and all of those sorts of details. Yes. How we align the aisles and how yeah. we do all of that. Fun, fun. Yeah. Uh, while we're here, do you want to tell us about the tree people have been looking at? <laughs> well, it's your tree. It is no. my tree, but all I right. know. So not I'll as start much as and you, you can do. finish. All right. Uh, so this is a tree I started from seed about, uh, I think it was about 2006 when I started it. And um, I, you know, Boone. Boone took a look at a, at a pine tree that I brought into his workshop and, and said, you know, you're just wasting your time with that and you should just start some pines from seed and 10 years from now that pine will still be crappy and, and then you'll have some good pines in the same amount of time. And he was right. So uh, I grew this, uh, mostly grew the trunk in a big colander for, oh, let's see, what was it, like about 12 or 13 years old yeah. when uh, Jonas and I did a little swap and he ended up with it. <laughs> I had too many small trees and Eric had a few too many big trees. And so we, we solved that problem. <laughs> and I think I've decandled it twice now, last year and this year. And, and so there's all of this density really represents, I mean, the tree's been wired once so far is all and decandled twice. And, um, you know, unless you'd been decandling it along the way before that, maybe a little bit. Maybe. I think, you know, some selective 
branch cutback and whatnot. Shoot maybe reduction, yeah. maybe not uh, maybe not as much as it should have been. I think uh, the the current batches of of pines that I have, I'm learned a little bit from the first batch. I, I'm going to say, and uh, so maybe the uh, some of the issues that Jonas is now fixing with this one, uh, I can avoid in future batches. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll be back in touch and uh, look forward to hearing from you. All right, thanks. The music on today's podcast was brought to you by the fine folks at Blue Dot Sessions. Check them out at www.sessions.blue.